right. Welcome in on another episode of the Outside the Lines podcast. Today, we have a quickie for you. We're going to recap the Iowa State TCU game, as well as do a little bit of a recap of the Super Bowl. And of course, everyone's favorite segment, Twitter Moments. We will have that at the end of the show today. But as always, we are brought to you by BNC Fieldhouse. If you're not at BNC Fieldhouse for the Super Bowl, wasn't quite sure what you were doing. If you're not there Yesterday, Bachelor Mondays, then I don't know what you're doing either. And Taco Tuesdays, of course, they're open every single day of the week. So head on over it to the NC Fieldhouse. You said Today yesterday is... for Bachelor Mondays. I'm just going to redo it then. <laughs> no, keep it. Dude, no, I'm redoing it. I'm redoing it. And I'm already with out. that, Mason, how do you feel about Iowa State's nerve-wracking uh, No, I'm, I'm redoing Over I'm the redoing TCU Horn Frogs last night. I'm redoing it. I'm redoing oh, come it. Come on. I'm lapping it. I'm lapping it. Fuck you. I'm keeping All it. All right. I'm the one who edits. I'm the one who edits. Feel free to like edit a little snippet all, in. I have all to say here. So. All right. All right. I'm going to redo it anyway. All right. Three, and two, welcome into another episode. Do you want to do it? Outside. I'll let you do it. You're going to screw up the stopwatch. There's already so many laughs. All right. All right. Do you want to do it? No, okay. Yeah. I'll do it. I'll do it. All right. All right. All right. And welcome in on a <laughs> clap. Clap. All right. Welcome in on another episode of the Outside the Lines podcast. Today, we have a recap of the Iowa State TCU game. We finally ended the four game losing streak, and we will do some Super Bowl cleanup recap from the Super Bowl. Congrats to Landon Acres. And of course, everyone's favorite segment. We will get to some Twitter moments later on at the end of our show today. But of course, we are brought to you by BNC Fieldhouse. Head on over to BNC Fieldhouse every single day of the week. They are now open on Monday nights and Tuesday nights for Bachelor Monday. And guess what? Shanene is finally gone. I, I knew it wasn't going to last forever. I'm a little sad, but you know, it had to have happened. It had to have happened. So Bye-bye, Shanene. And they're also open every Tuesday for Taco Tuesday and every other night of the week for uh, well deals on Wednesdays as well as mug deals on Thursdays, FAC deals on Fridays. So pretty much any day of the week, you'll head on over to BNC Fieldhouse for the best drink deals on Welch Avenue as well as best place to watch the big game. Without further ado, though, we will get into our Iowa State TCU recap. And like I said, four-game losing streak, Finally snapped. Damn, that feels good to get our monkey off our bat. What are your thoughts? Back, back. My goodness, back. Blech. Dude, yeah. Um, I, I saw a tweet where a person said that this felt like a tournament game, and it really did feel like that. Like, it, it felt like this Iowa State team. I mean, we've needed a dub. We were, like, the last four in heading into this. Um obviously last place in the conference, which does not help the resume at all. I honestly think if mm-hmm. our conference record, if we had the same overall record, same resume, but we just swapped some out of conference losses for conference wins, like we would be more solidly in like, it, it's just the fact that could you put a last place team in their conference in the tournament as well? Um, <laughs> you know, like seriously, cause that just looks like it doesn't look great, but we have, you know, the second most quad one wins, I think, of like any school, like we have eight now with the win over TCU. So, honestly, though, do you think that we would deserve to be in the tournament if we placed last in the Big 12? Because I hate to admit it, I don't think we deserve that, <laughs> which which sucks to say, but I don't, it's really hard to argue your point into it. I don't know. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it's obviously the best conference, so that has some merit. But <laughs> to get last place in your conference is um, not a good look. So I, I totally get it, and I get that the um, you know the visuals on that is not great. So, but yeah, holy shit, this team like I don't know. This game was so ugly. Um, both teams did not know how to score at all. Um, like no. that first half was horrendous. I think, um, I, it, oh man. And I just, I don't know. I, I was so nervous going into this game. I was like at the point of like, I don't even want to watch this game because I've just been so frustrated lately watching this team try like play basketball that I was like, do I really want to like, I kind of want to enjoy my night. I, I don't want it to be. 11 o'clock at night and I'm pissed off going to bed. <laughs> like, like I don't need that energy in my, my day-to-day life, you know, like Tuesdays already suck enough. And then I have to like, let this pile me on, like pile on me, like right before I go to bed. So I'm just imagining verbal meme of you just watching an Iowa state pitiful loss and kind of like the Squidward meme where you just have your eyes wide open trying to go to bed. That's just hilarious. That's a hilarious visual for me. Yes. Yes. Uh, memes always work really well, uh, through podcasts. So, mm-hmm. um, yes. Uh, but I mean, this was literally the Brockington and Hunter game and they were about the only ones that got anything going. Um, Gabe Kalshura obviously, um, kind of stepped up in the second half too, but man, it was, um, it was rough trying to score in this game. And, um, I, it was like a battle of just like who, like, I don't know. It didn't feel like any team kind of won this game. It felt like, like we kind of like fell backwards into it. <laughs> Just like we weren't as bad, you know, I, I don't know. And yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, going into halftime, we had 22 points and that was our lowest first half score we had posted for the entire year. And the fact that we were still down only two points just shows that TCU was having the exact same issue. Like if that were any other team, I don't, (laughs) I don't like our chances on winning scoring 22 points at half. Yeah. And I mean, TCU did not play well either. They shot three of 18 from three pointer, which normally were the team that always shoots like shit from three points. So that was kind of nice. Um, We once again, were worse at the free throw line, which is just a very consistent theme of this team. Um, and the other thing that was kind of nice was we didn't get into foul trouble at the end. And that actually helped mm-hmm. us a ton at the end of the game. We were able to essentially sort of use a couple fouls to give at the end of it and not really allow TCU to set up any sort of great offensive possessions at the end. And it's really nice that that was the case and not the team getting into the double bonus with nine minutes left, which has seemed to be uh, routine the last few games. So, yeah, I mean, it is an ugly win, but like, holy shit, we're going to take ugly win, especially road wins in the Big 12. This is only our second one. Um, I mean, we only have four conference wins, so two of them are on the road and two of them are at home. But, uh, you know, that's that's where we're at. And We'll take it. Kinda. Do we need this, man? Like, this was – we lose this game. It's really hard for us to, I think, really make the tournament. Um you know, we, we do have some winnable games here. You know, we get Oklahoma and West Virginia at home for our next two games. And those, like, I would assume we're going to be favored in. And then we still have Oklahoma State at home. 
uh, one of the last games. So we should hopefully be able to pick up a couple of victories here and, and maybe get into the middle of the conference. It'd be nice yeah, to just well, not well, be playing the playing game for the big 12 tournament too. Uh, we can go two for three. If we go two for three, then I think we'll find our way into maybe like a nine or 10 seed in the tournament. And I'm okay with that, especially going winning two games last year. Like remember the context of where we are in a weird way. We're in a rebuilding season. So like, I don't know, appreciate it to some extent, but you know, I heard the announcer saying, I don't think it's fair that Iowa state is last in the big 12 and that they would be out of, you know, NCAA tournament consideration, but you're only as good as your conference. And if you're falling to the bottom of your conference, despite how many wins you racked up in non-conference play, you're still at the very bottom of your conference. And it's really hard to argue that someone like us should be in the conference over. Uh, I, I can't think of anyone else, but maybe like the eight seed or seven seed in the big 12. If we land in last place again, I, I think we can pick up a couple wins here to, you know, get off the bottom of the pole, but I don't know. I, I hate to truly say that because I, I want to give us the benefit of the doubt, but if I'm being honest, and I saw that with maybe another school, I would say they don't deserve to make the playoffs or the playoffs, the NCAA tournament. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not giving our the benefit of the doubt in any game moving forward because we've seen that this team um, can really be bipolar and just choose to not play basketball and they can choose to not play basketball at home. Like last time they played TCU, they scored 44 points at home. We've played Texas and scored 41 points on the road. Like nothing's given here at all. And so, you know, I obviously, yeah, we have some winnable games here. We have three games that we're favored in. We have to play Baylor on the road, which that's going to be whatever. And um, <laughs> we got to play KSA on the road. And that I'm still really pissed off just thinking about the last game at home. So I, I don't know. This this team, they've shown spurts where they look fantastic. We we've seen that. And I, I think that's the thing. Like, like it's how we kind of talked about football. It's like we've seen the potential in this team. We've seen when they play some hard-nosed defense and just make it so hard for you to get a basket or a bucket. And when the offense is rolling besides Brockington, like if a couple other people are, are doing some things, then this team's tough to beat. They're tough out. And they've obviously played some really good teams close and also have some really great wins at the start of the year. So, um, you know, I, I think that it's just, it, it comes down to that consistency and, um, big 12 is a grind, man. It's just a fucking grind. And so, so yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's, I, I'm, you know, now a little bit more cautiously optimistic. I think it's the best way to put it. Like, you know, Hey, mm -hmm. like you said, sneak out two wins, three would be amazing. Sneak out. We sneak out. We just win the game that our next, our last three home games. I, I think we're for sure in the tournament. Like, I, I don't think you could deny that we could go one and done, or we could go immediately out in the Big 12 tournament. And I think we'd be fine um, with our resume. Mm -hmm. So I agree. But it's just, it would just be really nice to not have to worry about that in the Big 12 tournament or anything like that. Just like kind of to have that assurance. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I was just going to say, Caleb grill love that dude, but man, he has been so cold against Kansas state. I think, I don't even think he scored a point against Kansas state had three points against TCU. 
and Cal Sherwood with nine points. I mean, I'm a broken record. I know I am. But when you're not getting that three-point shot down, you, you can't expect to win these games and these tough ones moving down, you know, down the road because that's what the entire, like what the entirety of NCAA tournament is. And honestly, the big 12 tournament, if, if, if I'm just, you know, talking on that as well, it's the teams that get hot that do well. And I was confident that maybe toward the second half of the season, we're going to start to pick up our shooting, but if anything, it's, it's feeling a little bit, colder than it even was. And you've got to get either Cal sure grill or Trey Jackson going. I, I don't even think he posted any minutes last night. He hasn't been playing the last couple of games. It's been really weird. It has been. And I just, I don't know. I'm starting to, be, to get out of loss for words here because Brockington is putting up 20 points plus every single night, which is insane. It's, it's insane that you can expect that, you know? And I was saying at some point it's going to teeter off at some point. He's not going to be able to do that night in night out, which is, you said this earlier, you might be most impressed with him at, you know, from an offensive standpoint out of all of these other great offensive players we've had, like, Niang, and this isn't anything against them. They're they're still insane. You know, Niang, Naslong, Matt Thomas, all those guys. But it is crazy how Brockington is the star. He knows he's the star. But how frequently does your star show up night in and night out like he does? And I was trying to like critique his on game. both ends. On both on ends. both he's, ends. He's That's great insane. Too. Yes. Yeah. And I was I was like, okay. What does he do wrong that, you know, I can nitpick at because I just like to be a devil's advocate and his off the ball movement is outstanding. I mean, every now and then, if he's just trying to, you know, allow one-on-one play develop, then obviously he might not be running around, but he is constantly moving. He's all over the place on defense and he creates his own shot. He also steps up and, you know, shoots off the, or um, without taking a dribble, like he can just do it all. And, And the more you've said that, kind of the more I've been noticing, this is insane what we're witnessing here. And I just feel so bad that he's kind of having to do it all on his own. Um, but man, credit to him. I, I, I just can't say enough good things about that guy. He also leads the team in rebounding too. So he almost exactly. has eight rebounds a game. Like, yeah, he he seriously does it all. And it's it's so impressive at this point that like, you know, when he does have the very rare off game, one, it always is like the entire offense is abysmal. Um, you know, when, when they played at West Virginia, it was kind of the last time that Brockington struggled to kind of get going and get involved. Yep. But it's like, dude, it, he does so much for the team. Put up 27 against K-State. You know, him and, him and Tyrese were the kind of the only, you know, people that really showed up last night. Tyrese was being very aggressive. But, yeah, Brockington just gets his. And it's, it's impressive how he does it because he, he can do it with ISO ball. He creates his own shot so well. Like you said, he moves off the ball extremely well too. Like great cuts, that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, I mean, could you imagine this offense without him? Like how, how I don't even know. I, I don't want to think about it because it, it like, like he's just rarely not on the court too, but it, you like, I don't know. It, it's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, we he's love just, Isaiah he's Rockington. Our, we do. And he, he's just our only consistency on offense. And it's insane how consistent he is at playing at such a high level. And again, remember, we're playing Big 12 basketball. Like, these are hard teams we're playing against. Um, I, I do want to say shout out to George Condit. He had, 
you know, he had a little bit of a rough game um, just guarding Lampkin, but in critical moments, he came up with some huge rebounds, some huge plays. I think he actually led the team in assists. Um, not, not nothing crazy. He was four assists, but like he just, he did a lot well. And I think, uh, I, I don't know if, if you just kind of look at how Lampkin played, you know, he, he definitely ate, but I just think in the critical moments, George Condit really did come up with some pretty, pretty big plays. Also shout out to the big 12 refs. That was a glorious no call. That was one of those, like the, the dude was purposely trying to foul him, right. To bring him to the free throw line. And it was, it was kind of like him saying, all right, bet. And he still didn't call it. And Ots just lost his mind rightfully. So, and um, I don't know if this was from the backlash of it, but Jamie Pollard officially unfollowed big 12 refs on Twitter or not unfollowed. He blocked them. So <laughs> Jamie Pollard was not happy. Yeah, I mean, you're just you're gonna get Big Twelve refs. So, I think my the thing I was most annoyed with is like every single out of bounds end of like uh, the last like four or five plays. There was an official review on it every single time, and I was just like, I feel like yeah. if it was us who were in the desperation mode, they'd just be like, no, this call goes against Iowa State. Like, I don't know how many times there's been like, oh, can we please review that? You know, like. Last two minutes, let's get it. And there's like, nope, we're going with Colin Field. Let's fucking go. And I was like, he's just getting every official review to see if they can somehow give the ball back to him. And that sounds like so like conspiracy theory of me, but it's so true. Like they're like, you know, we've lost on like goaltends in that bullshit. It's like, okay, where's the official review? At? Like stuff like that. And then they were like meticulously, like with a fucking like magnifying glass, like looking at like, oh, did that somehow hit off Jazz Cooch's like hands? Like, let's fucking see. And I was just like, <laughs> No, I didn't. <laughs> Let's fucking go. You guys never have official reviews for us. This is not fair. TCU is not a premier program. Like, no, they don't get the treatment. <laughs> I understand if it's Kansas. What am I buddy? Anyone said, else besides us, basically, but true. One of my buddies said that if you cannot determine where the call goes after you know reviewing it for over a minute, then it has to just be the play on the on the court or on the field, whatever sport. And that's you're just playing. indisputable. That's like yeah. what it should be. And it, yeah, you're right. I feel like so much now with like it being slowed down and stuff, like indisputable doesn't get like nearly the kind of play that it should be. It's the same in football. Like you have to have overwhelming evidence to overturn what the call on the field is. That's like what the fucking rule book says. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's not that sort of definition is not implemented as much. Yeah, no, totally agree. Totally agree. All right. Well, either way, great win. Um, last thing I wanted to say, I tweeted this. I don't know why. I just, I feel a need to say this. Those days where we have Nas Long shooting a buzzer beater to win the game for us, you know, those were electric. I'm a big offensive guy. I am a big points, 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 points guy. Those are the games that I love and like love to see and just live for. But this is a completely new era. You know, we're embracing the grit and disciplined defense and just kind of putting yourself in the right position to win the game. And it's a weird, weird, weird transition, but I really love it. You know, if, if you know that you have some opportunities within your team, then embrace the strengths and the strengths right now is our defense, it's our grit, and it's our determination and will to win. And I just, I don't know. It's, it is really impressive to, you know, feels like it's week in and week out, embrace the idea of winning ugly because that is us and that's how we win. And that's what makes us great. And so 
I don't know. It's a really hard transition, especially for a guy like me who loves to score points, but I love it. And it's, it's a really, um, I don't know. It's just a really cool thing that we're kind of embracing. And I like it. I don't know. Cause I do think defense wins games. It's just not as fun to watch for the viewer. I love it too, because growing up playing basketball, all I focused on was like the defensive end and hitting the boards. And I, I like, I, I would very rarely shoot the ball at all playing. Like I was just like, Nope, I'm, I'm out here for some great defense to get some rebounds um, and then run a little point guard and everyone else can shoot. And so I appreciate it. I love it. I love when they have just those grind out possessions. And, and I really do think that like not getting ahead of myself, but it was a big reason we had kind of had the prediction of like, we think this team could potentially do well in the tournament because they can stifle teams that aren't used to that. You, you get a team yeah. that is used to playing in a, you know, whatever, a different conference or a different game tempo and style. Um, where they're maybe not used to having to work so much to get their buckets. It's um, I mean, we saw our non-conference, we, we did super well there. And, um, and I think a large part of that was due to the focus on the defensive end. So we'll see, you know, big 12 seasons coming, coming to a close. Hopefully we'll get some good results and anything in tournament can happen. You just got to make a team have one off night and you got to put together a couple off nights for them. And that's how you have success. So yeah. I'm really curious to see how the big 12 is going to do overall in the tournament, because sometimes you see two different ends. Like I don't think many people would argue that the big 12 is the best tournament or conference right now, but sometimes the wear and tear of conference play can almost self cannibalize the results of the NCAA tournament. Are we just wearing ourselves out to the point where big 12 teams are just going to be facing a different challenge and it's going to be, I don't know. I don't know. Cause that does happen every now and then, but you know, my mentality going into this tournament is the big 12 is just going to roll, but that never happens. There's very rarely one conference that just completely eats, you know, it's usually pretty spread out and kind of even whether we like to admit it or not. Um, but I mean, big 12 is hands down from what I'm seeing the best conference question is, are we just going to ruin each other before we get to, uh, to the nitty gritty? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm one of those people that always roots for the conference during the tournament just because, you know, you got to same, you know, it's really hard to root for Kansas. So, but anyways, um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think, you know, obviously Big 12 won last year with Baylor and they kind of put a wall up on a lot of really good teams. Like everyone was kind of crowning Gonzaga before um, they even kind of got to the tournament. So, yeah, I, I um, it'll always be interesting to see. I, I do think some of the teams that rely a lot on defense and then can't get anything going offensively, you know, like us, um, can also run into a buzzsaw where it's just like you get ran out of the gym by a team that can go on some runs and really put you in a, a hole. And then from there, you're focusing way too much on offense and trying to catch up. And it usually doesn't play well because you're playing like outside of your comfort zone of, of your tempo and stuff like that. But yeah, we'll see. I don't know. It'll be good. That'll be exciting. Next, you know, yeah. the next big sporting event. So, you know, do you want to recap the previous big sporting event that occurred on Sunday? Oh, I don't know. Was it the game that happened exactly as I thought it would? Okay. No, not really. You said it was going to be a blowout. I know. I know. Quiet. I didn't say blowout. I just said yeah, 10 points. And also they were close. They were, they were close to get being up 10 points at half. They were close, but they weren't. Okay. 
Um, however, your boy Joe Burrow playing on a torn MCL for that last drive. That's some that's some goat shit. Look, man, Joe uh Joe fought. We knew he was gonna fight, took seven sacks, uh hung out with Aaron Donald a lot, which is not fun if you're an opposing quarterback. But I, I think if you're, you know, like I don't know. I, I wanted the Bengals to win and I felt like a little emo- like a little emotionally invested. Like I was I was kind of sad that they lost, obviously. Um, but I think like looking recapping it, uh, if you were, you know, uh, there's probably no Bengal fan listeners to this podcast. If so, hello. Um, but I don't think you can be like upset with the way that they played. You know, I, I think that most things went how you wanted your defense played well enough to give you a victory and the Rams defense just stepped up too. like that second half was just stop after stop after stop after stop. Like yeah. neither team was doing much and it just came down to like, can you get a breakthrough drive or score here? And um, you know, the Rams put together a great drive cause they realized that they had, you know, the best wide receiver and, you know, arguably maybe the best offensive weapon in the NFL. And they're just like, we're going to force feed him. We're going to live and die by the Cooper cup. And um, usually that, um, ends in success. So, but, so I will say I did have a hunch that Zach Taylor could be one of the reasons why they were going to lose that game. And I'm not saying he did anything outright terrible. I honestly thought his play calling was fine for the most part, but you could very well say second and one, third and one, fourth and one, where's Joe Mixon that literally was the end of the game there. And you don't have debatably your best offensive weapon on the field. I, I, I don't know. Jamar chase is their best offensive weapon, but he was, he was pretty quiet, but I mean, Joe Mixon 72 yards against that defense. And you don't have him even on the field at the most critical moments of the game. And you're an idiot. You're an idiot, Zach Taylor. I'm sorry. And that, that very well could have costed you the game because I mean, what was they only won by three points. Like you could easily, I, I, I was rooting for the Rams. I realized halfway through the game, I was actually rooting for the Rams. I just really wanted Stafford to get his ring, but that was infuriating to watch. Cause I really wanted the Bengals to at least tie it up cause free football, but yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That was, that was tough. I, I agree. I, um, I think what both of the fourth, both of the like uh, kind of turnover on downs plays that the Bengals had the first one early in the game, like it was, it was P Ryan that got stopped on that one too. Like he just, he just was not converting the short yard situations. And it's just, I agree. And it's not like Joe Mixon's not a a bad pass catcher. I, I totally understand if he wasn't a threat from the backfield. There are some receivers that just, they don't do that, but, but Mixon Derrick is, Henry. is Derrick Henry is actually good receiver. Oh, what? Yeah. Yes, he is. Yeah. Are you serious? (laughs) I didn't have him for fantasy last year, so let me say if this season was a different story, maybe. But I've had him on my fantasy team. He takes like screens and shit all the time. Like he doesn't run like intricate routes, but he can he can catch. No, I feel like he gets like maybe one catch a game. But anyway. But you're right. Samahe Perrine Perrin, however you pronounce his name. P. Ryan. P. Ryan. Woo-hoo. I love it when I mispronounce it twice in a row and don't even get it on the third try. Um, 
I mean, he's like a fine back. Like he had a lot of promise, but I think Zach Taylor heard me um, say as a joke that I was going to take P Ryan as the plus 400 touchdown score for the game. He's like, you know what? I need to get Mason some money. So just going to feed P Ryan. And as much as possible, he did not even get close. So I also didn't take that bet. Nice for the record. I took Cooper cup anytime touchdown, which is like, good call. It was like free money in this playoffs. So, um, yeah. Um, I would agree. Oh, I'm sorry. Go for it. No, what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say you really could have had an argument for Stafford, Donald or cup for MVP, but I think you just have to give it to, uh, to Cooper cup, just based on how much of a game changer he was all year, all year. I mean, he came up big in the biggest moments, you know, beat Brady with that long catch had two critical touchdowns and he was burning those guys all game. Eli Apple. Ooh, Ooh, Eli Apple. That was, that was, Oh, that was really tough. But also he talks so much shit on Twitter that I, I don't feel that bad. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, no, I, I think I was listening to the Mina Kime show this week um, and the guest she had on mentioned um, Cooper Cup in fourth quarter slash like uh, late game drives and just in the playoffs, he was like 12 of 12, like 12 targets, 12 receptions, had no drops and like a hundred some plus yards. And I want to say like three touchdowns. And it's just like, yeah, like that man just steps up. Like he had... I believe 60 ish of their yards on the the last drive. He had the big rush on fourth and fourth and two that was on there. They're on their own 30. And they, they like, I was the people I was hanging out with. I was like, honestly, I think if you're the Rams, you maybe punt this just because how well the Rams defense has been playing. Like they, I mean, they get in the Bengals like three and out every time. And I was like, I don't, you know, you don't convert this. You're, you're done. And the Rams also mm-hmm. could not run the ball at all. And then they're like, oh, we'll give it to Cooper Cup in space. And it's like smart. So, um, but yeah. Was like that that just, fourth and two was a run play to him, too? Right? It was a run play. Yeah, it, was, it was just that's he, what's insane. It was on the like, reverse or like, yeah, reverse. Like he was, he went in motion and he just didn't hand it back to him. And, and that's yeah. why I love McVeigh. He is so not afraid to just go with what works. He's like, whatever. I, I literally have the best player on the field. I know that is not necessarily usual for you to run a jet sweep to your wide receiver on fourth and two, but he's our best player. I need to get him the ball in these critical moments. And I just, I love that. When I, when I saw that play ran, I was just like, what, what? And then it converted. And, I, and then I was starting to doubt myself and thinking, yeah, that's why I'm, you know, recording a podcast on outside the lines. And that's why Sean McVay is the head coach of the Los Angeles Super Bowl winning Rams. So I don't know. I, I loved it. It was a great game too. Honestly, credit to both teams. They really played very well. Um, Zach Taylor, good call for the Joe Mixon halfback pass. That was a sick play. Um, yeah, it was, it was a really like fun Super Bowl. And it also proves that when there's no bad guy or there was no, you know, major enemy in the Super Bowl, you'll get the views and the quote unquote small market of the Bengals in Cincinnati. Guess what? They just broke all the records for viewership on the Super Bowl. So, you know, it's not always the best thing to get uh, a lot of redundancy in the Super Bowl. It's fun to mix it up, especially with these smaller market teams. So shout out Cincinnati, shout out to the Bengals and especially big congrats to the LA Rams. 
Yeah. Um, go Bengals. Hopefully, go maybe Bengals. they'll be back. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> you never know. AFC's tough. AFC is really tough. And that's the only reason I laugh. Honestly, if they were in the NFC, I would say, yeah, you can definitely expect them back. But Dan Marino won, went to one Super Bowl his second year, exactly like Joe Burrow. And I mean, Joe Burrow needs to, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, dude. The AFC is really, really, really tough. It is. And I, I honestly can't envision them being back in the next 10 years, but I hope I'm wrong. I think they're a fun team and they got a lot of people to cheer on. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Good way to put it. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, also, Landon Acres, again, major congrats to you. Yes. Yeah, Super Bowl champ. What a badass. All right. Twitter moments. Caitlin Clark is a goddamn badass. She is literally the best player that's ever thrown on an Iowa uniform. I have no problem admitting it. Go Maroons, baby. But she's actually super, super fun to watch. And like she's getting shout outs everywhere from like Kevin Durant and other major athletes. I don't know. I, I Cyhawk aside, that girl is a stud and she is super fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. She puts out some some pretty sweet highlights. Um, she's got that the Steph Curry range, which it's, I don't know. It's so exciting. Like the, the game of basketball itself, just like the fact that players are able to get buckets from that far away consistently is, is so impressive. Like could, could you just imagine showing that shit to like literally Dr. James Naismith? He'd be like, what is this? Like, <laughs> you know? like, it's like, this is not what I designed it to be. It's like, wait, 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 wait. One, how did you, what is this net? This should be a basket and it should have a bottom <laughs> Two, Like <laughs> he's like, you guys have way too much money in this. This was just some random yeah. thing where I, I just found a rock. I was literally just trying basket to make daycare easier. Like I just <laughs> wanted my children to be distracted for a bit. <laughs> That's why I also made it so the ball couldn't fall through the basket. You had to get up and take it out, you know? So he's like, actually, I couldn't dunk. So therefore, no one else should be able to dunk either. (laughs) Dunking should not be allowed. Say it. Dead air. Dead air. (laughs) I need to get the the Uh, voice thing for it. I'm going to, I'm going to pull the recording and actually put it in. Dead air. Uh, Do you listen to the Always Sunny podcast? Uh, Every now and then. They they said dead air the other day on their they episode. They did. <laughs> I started laughing my ass off. <laughs> so we like, need to like dead air. <laughs> like, yes, we need to pull like our first episode where we did that and send it to him. Be like, look, we did it for real before you guys did, and they'll yeah. be like, who who are you? What's Iowa State? We What's don't a cycle? Care. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, did you see that Barry Sanders said that Iowa State was one of his backups if he didn't go to Okie State? I did not see that. That yeah, that would have been nice. Barry Sanders. Dude, he's my my favorite football player of all time, aside all from time. Peyton Manning. Best running back. Yeah. Oh yeah. Time. Oh yeah. And, and I don't think it's actually. I don't want to say it's not even close because you. That's disrespectful to like Walter Payton and a lot of the other greats. But yeah, my gosh. Do you want me to say more on Barry Sanders? Because I could turn this into a territory that would really piss you off. It could piss me off. Yeah. Do you want me to? I want to. Yeah. Let's see it. Uh, what what route are you going here? Barry Sanders didn't win. He didn't <laughs> win. Yeah. He is the greatest of all time. 
Dude, Just that's way different about. as a running back. <laughs> way yeah, different. Uh, back in his day, you could really uh, you could dominate games as a running back. Not a, not quite like you can nowadays, and not like you could ever like like a quarterback can. I understand that, but yeah, he was dude. Oh my gosh! Also, he didn't play the same years that Troy Davis did, did he? I can't remember his no, college no. years. He he was before him, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the last thing I have for Twitter moments is Tyrese Halliburton is now an Indiana Pacer, further proving that the Sacramento Kings have no idea what the hell they're doing. <laughs> for real. The, ah, man, this is wild. Absolutely baffling um, to be. Makes no like sense. Young talent on a, a rookie contract like that. Um, who like actually wants to be there. I, I, oh, man. And that's why they're the Kings. And that's why they say the Kings. Kings, Kings going to say Kings. 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 Yes. At being fucking stupid. <laughs> Dude, honestly, when I saw that, I just thought to myself, there's got to be part of Tyrese that's like, all right, that's okay. Like, I, I don't really know if I was going to have much success with Sacramento or being in Sacramento with the Kings and the Pacers. I mean, the Pacers have had some down years more so recently, but I, I think they're much more of like a respectable organization than the Kings. Like I have much more faith that the, that the, uh, that Indiana is going to get their stuff together well before Sacramento will. So. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. Um, I, I was trying to think like living in, you don't even get like a, a real city improvement of like moving. Like, I feel like those are, if I had to look at the list of NBA team cities, those would probably both those um, cities would be definitely in the bottom tier of where I would want to live as well. So honestly, uh, I wouldn't mind Sacramento. I, I just like California though. Everywhere in California is beautiful. Yeah. I don't know. There's yeah. No, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hold by my day for sure. Okay. Also, just the way I say, like, I don't think I'd want to live in like Memphis would be Oklahoma City. Um, Oklahoma City would probably be one of my least favorites. Memphis, I don't know. Memphis can make noise. Yeah, I know. That'd be Um, also Tyrese's first game with the Pacers. Dude had like twenty points in the first half too. He is just Dude, one he, of those guys. He's now got a chip. Away. He's got the chip on his shoulder now. He gets he gets yeah. to play that card. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he'll be really fun to watch too. All right, I don't have anything more. Is there anything else that you want to get off your chest, Mister Newton? Um, no, I don't really have much either. This quickie actually might be kind of quick. I don't know. Um, let's, let's I think see. we're looking at like forty minutes or so. Yeah, it's a little bit. Not bad. We yeah. Did okay. I don't think we understand what a quickie is, but we don't. We don't. For for whoever's listening, this was supposed to be like a 30-minute episode, and that was not the case. And my dog, who's just recently neutered, is probably gonna start barking. So let's wrap this up because Ralph, Ralph, BNC Ralph, Fieldhouse Ralph. needs their sponsorship and head on over to BNC Fieldhouse. They have the best drink deals on Welch Avenue, as well as the best place to watch the big game. And we got a big game this weekend. Is it against Oklahoma? It's Oklahoma Oklahoma. Saturday, right? Yeah. Yeah, Oklahoma. So go to BNC Fieldhouse to support your boy Ben as or well Pack as Hilton, the Hilton. Or Pack Hilton. How about or you go Pack to Hilton, Hilton and then you go to BNC Fieldhouse to celebrate winning? Yes. 
Okay, that's a good plan. So go to Hilton first, pack Hilton, cheer, cheer and then really pack out. BNC. Yeah. Absolutely. Also, BNC, AJ's Ultra Lounge, and Mickey's are the best bar in Ames. Don't let the bots distract you from that flawed voting process. All right? Okay. Thanks, everyone. Roll clones. Roll clones, baby. <laughs>